Buddhism? That is a great question that we answer in our book, I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist, but let me give you the two-minute answer. There's only four questions that you need to answer to figure out whether Christianity is true. Does truth exist? Does God exist? Are miracles possible? And is the New Testament historically reliable? Obviously, if there is no truth, then the Bible can't be true. Of course, if there is no truth, then any book written by an atheist can't be true either, right? So you have to have truth first. Secondly, does God exist? You can't have a word from God if there is no God. I think we, there's very good evidence that there really is a theistic God out there. A spaceless, timeless, immaterial, powerful, moral, personal, intelligent, sustaining cause. We go through a lot of evidence in our book on that. The third question is, are miracles possible? Obviously, the Bible can't be true if miracles are not possible. But not only are miracles possible, the greatest miracle in the Bible has already occurred, and we have scientific evidence for it, and that miracle, of course, is the creation of the universe. The evidence points to the fact that a spaceless, timeless, immaterial first cause brought this universe into existence. So the fourth question, then, is, is the New Testament historically reliable? Truth exists, God exists, miracles are possible. Now the question is, have any other miracles occurred in history that would confirm particularly Jesus is truly being God. And when you look at the New Testament documents and you look at other historical sources, including other writers and archaeology, you can make a very strong case, which is what we try and do in the book, I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist, to show that there really is a God out there and Jesus truly was God when he came to earth, performed miracles, and proved he was God by predicting and accomplishment, accomplishing his resurrection. If Jesus really is God, as the New Testament documents claim he is, then whatever God teaches is true. Jesus taught the entire Old Testament is the word of God. So if the New Testament's just historically reliable, you get the Old Testament thrown in. So those four questions, and obviously there's a lot of detail we're leaving out here on a two-minute video, but those four questions, truth, God, miracles, New Testament, if you answer yes to all four of them, and we have great evidence for all four of them, then the New Testament, the Bible is true, which means Christianity is true, and anything that is opposed to what is true is false. Now, that does not mean, of course, that everything taught by other world religions is false. Most world religions have some truth in them. What it means is where they differ from the Bible, if the Bible is true, they're wrong. Amen. Well, God bless you. That is the great Frank Turek, one of our great apologists and uh, Theolo theological philosophers that uh, just lays into the power of the truth of the gospel, okay, and how to answer society and how to be sure in your faith and how to defend your posture, your spiritual posture against the culture and against even some watered-down versions of Christianity that are incorporating some of the cultural um, ideologies and uh it, it's very difficult if you don't have your mind and your heart and your feet grounded in God's Word to have the right answers. And I love how succinctly Frank puts out those four elements of truth. Those four elements that defend the gospel, the existence of God, the purposes of God, the truth of God's Word. And without truth, without being able to identify truth, subjective, or I'm sorry, objective truth, you float around in people's opinions, the, the, the whims and, and, the, and, the, and the, uh, the unsolicited, uh, what they would call facts and the fact checkers 
of society of this is true, this is not true. And so we're going to be digging today into the information war once again, okay, and how the battlefield has shifted, okay, into this information war, into this this new war of of information that uh, has come to counteract the truth of God's word, to eliminate it, to dilute it, to censor it, to bring it down, to actually lower it. This is why uh, the the culture doesn't like strong preaching. This is why they don't mind Christianity as long as all we're doing is feeding the poor and doing soup kitchens and um, out on Skid Row giving blankets out. They they don't care if you're out there doing that. that that's a good thing. That that you know that that that's what they think the church should be doing. What they don't think the church should be doing is preaching truth and standing for truth and making sure that the the policies of our land are under truth are revealing the truth of God's word, that we are a moral people, that we are a people and a nation under God. I mean, that, that just, that just, that just uh, turns their stomach when you use language like that, because they want, they want their laws and their rules to be God. Their religion is politics. That's their religion. And to govern you with an iron fist, as we're seeing with all these mandates and all these, and all these, um, all these rules and laws and this this uh, this tyranny that's coming over our land in recent days over over um, over vaccinations and uh, you're gonna do this no matter what there's you know my body my choice you know is all now it's gone it's gone from their mantra you do what I say it's better for the health the health of the, for the community it's for the other people I mean this is tyrannical this is what we're going through but it's information war. You still have Christians that you still have people out there that are that, that are still following Fauci's lies about the masks. He already told you from the beginning masks don't work. Why would they work now? Because they have to control you through fear. It's information war. And the church is right in the middle of the information war. And how do we how do we win the information war? How do how do we know that we are on the right side of God's word and the right side of history with this? Is you look at scripture, you look at what you look at what truth does. You look at the results of truth. You look at at the proven facts that that can only be um, what I would say uh, that can only be attributed to the fact of God's word. In John chapter seventeen, um, Jesus lays out something very powerful. Because it's the effect of truth. It's it's the result of truth. In fact, it is it is the 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 perspective of what truth does to you when you stand in it. Okay. In John chapter seventeen, Jesus prays. This is a prayer of Jesus. In verse sixteen through twenty, it says this. They are not of the world, just as I'm not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. So the truth of God's word sanctifies you. Now that word sanctified is hagaizo, which means to set you apart, to put you in a different category, to make you holy. Uh, it's, it's a place of consecration. Okay, it's a, separation, it's a separation from the culture, the ideology of the culture. So the truth of God's word, if you look at verse 16, it says sanctify sanctify them by your truth. In other words, the truth of God's word puts you at a different level. It it's a consecrated formula, okay, for your mind, for your soul, for your body. It places you 
puts you puts you in a different lane okay so the truth of god's word puts you in the fast lane of heaven Okay, it's a different lane. You're on a different lane. That's what the truth of God is. That's why when you preach, you preach the truth. Guess what happens? They put you in a different lane automatically. You, you sanctify. You, they call you all kinds of names. They call you, you know, uh, that you're intolerant. And that's one of the things that, that you find out about being sanctified in truth. You're not tolerant. See, the, see, the churches preach tolerance so that we can, we can have a sense of peace. Okay. Oh, peace. Oh, we just don't want. Don't. Don't. That we. There shouldn't be any type of animosity anywhere. There's. We shouldn't. No. No. That's not. That's not what truth does. Truth puts you in a different lane. Okay. You're sanctified by the Word of God. You're sanctified by your truth. By the truth of God. I love that. Sanctify them by your truth. See, there's only one truth. Jesus says, "I am the way, the truth, and the life." There's only there's only his truth. Everybody else has opinions. Everybody else is is trying to learn something and say something, but only Jesus is the truth of God revealed. That's what John chapter 1 says, and we beheld his glory, full of grace and truth. So truth can be seen, truth was handled, truth that you know, just I don't want to get off into all these tangents because I want to get through some stuff here. But when it says that sanctify them by your truth, your word is truth. Your word is truth. Your logos, your I, your thoughts, your intentions, your intellect, God, is truth. And as you sent me into the world, I have also sent them into the world. And for the sake, and for their sakes, I sanctified myself. In other words, I stayed within the truth. I operated completely by the ideals of heaven and by the ideals of God, by the mandates. I, you know, don't forget that he was here at the will of the Father. So he stayed within the will of the Father to stay in the truth. He was sanctified in the truth. Now watch this. That they also may be sanctified by truth. So the, 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 the result of good preaching, the result of good biblical theological teaching is that you're going to be sanctified, put on a different road, have a different set of, of moral values, a different set of a different mindset that's that's formed in, in you by the Word of God. You're going to be sanctified by the truth. If you're, you're still acting like the world, if you're still is if you're still going down the flow of the crowd, if you're still doing all those things, yeah, you may you may want to look at the truth that you are that you are pursuing. Because the truth of God's word sanctifies you. Makes the part of the word sanctified, hagaizo, is is to be made holy. To be made holy. So sanctification is, is a result of holiness. To make holy. Ceremonial. Mentally. The purification and consecration. It happens to you by the word of God. You begin to think differently. You begin to put things away. You begin to transform into the image of God. This, this word sanctification or holy is so important. You hear, you see this in Isaiah chapter six, one through three, when Isaiah 
uh, King Uzziah died, and, and, and Isaiah says, For I saw the Lord high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims, and each one had six wings. With two covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and the two he flew. And one cried to another, and they said, Holy, 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 or sanctified, sanctified, sanctified is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Do you notice in Isaiah chapter 6, 1 through 3, they didn't say love, 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 mercy, mercy, mercy. He said holy, sacred, separate, different. And this is what truth does. It brings you to a different perspective. It brings you to a different road. You become like God. In fact, uh, Peter, Peter says to be holy as he is holy. Hebrews writes the same words, be holy as he is holy. Leviticus writes the same thing. 11.44, for I am the Lord your God, you shall therefore consecrate yourselves. What's that? Make yourself holy. Truth. And you shall, you shall be holy for I am holy. Neither shall you defile yourselves with any creeping thing that creeps on this earth. So this word, this word consecrate is a result of acknowledging truth, walking in the knowledge of God, understanding, understanding that to be that to be contrary to consecration is to be a friend of this world and an enemy of God. And I know we don't like that language because it's not nice. But see, we must understand, we must understand sanctification just a little bit. You know, because sanctif sanctification comes in three portions if you will if i can kind of break this to you number one it's positional when you're born again first corinthians chapter 6 11 and such were some of you but you were washed but you were sanctified but you were justified in the name of the lord by the spirit of our god okay we're born again when you're born again there's a sanctuary there's a setting apart there's progressive there's a progressive which happens to do in the present tense, okay? So the positional sanctification deals with your past, deals with what you were and what you are now. Now you are washed. Now you are clean. Now you are sanctified. You're on a different road. But it's also progressive, meaning it's working in the present tense. First Thessalonians chapter 1 First um, Thessalonians 4, 3 and 4 says, For this is the will of God, your sanctification. In other words, that you're set apart. That you got truth working inside of you. That you got what God says about every situation in every, in every circumstance. That you live by what He says. That you should abstain from sexual immorality. That, you, that, that each of you should know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and in honor. In other words, you stay in the Word of God, you stay in the lane, you stay set apart to God. That's what truth does. That It keeps you away from the impurities of the sexual uh, perversions of this culture. And number three is perfection. That has to do with futuristic. So sanctification has three forms. First Thessalonians 5.23 says, Now, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may you may your whole spirit, your soul, your body be preserved blameless at the coming of the Lord. That's 
futuristic. So as I stay in God's word, the word of God is working on my past. The sanctification is working on my present time. It's teaching me how to walk right, talk right, live right, stay sanctified, stay separate. And it's also working towards my futuristic perfection. As I continue in sanctification, the perfection is working in me to make me blameless to the till the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we cannot wait for that. And again, remember last uh, in our last podcast, I used John 6, 29. Because again, people misunderstand the work of God. Okay? The work of God. Because this sanctification, truth, this is all part of what you believe. In John chapter 6, 29, Jesus answered uh, and said to his disciples, This is the work of God, that you believe in, in him whom he sent. In other words, Seeing and believing Jesus correctly is is, is going to take work because the, they got they got this weak, feeble, you know, limp wristed Jesus, this blonde haired blue eyed Jesus that that is believed throughout the churches throughout throughout the Western Church. That's who they believe Jesus is. But what does the Bible say? You got to work to believe the biblical Jesus, the historical Jesus. The Jesus in the now, who he is now. Seeing him as he really is, not how the culture makes him out to be. But it takes work to do that. It takes work to know what he loves and what he likes and what he expects from you. It takes work to believe correctly. It takes the right information. It takes staying in truth. It it takes walking with him correctly. In order for, in order for, for, for truth. And proper belief to constantly stay intact. Don't forget, this word work is the word energia or energy. This is where you get strength from. This is where you get, it's going to take energy. It's going to take, to get this work done of believing correctly, it's going to take the energy of God to stay and sanctified in truth. You're going to have to work at this. You're going to, you're going to have to read the word of God, study the word of God, know his perspectives. Because there's a there's a lot of hard there's a lot of hard sayings of Jesus that that you know the culture don't like and people don't like and people don't want one around them. You know Jesus had this way of 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 gathering mass crowds and then all of a sudden dropping a truth bomb to thin them out. What truths do you have to sanctify and set apart your friendships? Or do you compromise to keep all the friends and and you compromise just so you will feel part of the party? Or do you have sanctified truth? I mean, Jesus, I mean, Jesus was 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 absolutely a truth teller. He, he was the truth. I am the way, the truth, the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. There's no way around that. And in order for you to walk in truth, you're going to have to sanctify yourself. That means you're going to have to get on the road with him. You're going to, you're going to have to leave the crowd and get to, a, get to a posture of walking along with him, that you follow him alone. Truth brings you to following Jesus. Not the opinions of man, not the opinions of people. I mean, because we got this lovey-dovey Jesus that, that is, oh, Jesus would never send anybody to hell. And, and oh, Jesus is loving and kind and a, and a loving God would never see anybody suffering. And this is a loving God. Cut it out. That's not a biblical Jesus. Matthew 10, 34 through 38 reads this. Do not think that I came to bring peace on the earth. Now, 
He is the peace who has broken down every wall. Okay? So so again, keep that in mind. I do not come to be pre I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. In other words, I came to I came to bring a device that cuts. I brought a cutting device with me to separate the sheep from the goat, to separate the wheat from the chaff, to separate. I've come to separate. Now watch it. He begins to separate. For I have come and set a man against his father, a daughter against his mother, and a daughter against his a daughter-in-law against his mother-in-law, and a man and a man's enemies will be those in his own household. He who loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves his son or his daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take his cross and follow me after me is not worthy of me. He who finds his life will lose it. And he who loses his life will find it. Again, that, many people said, that's not nice. That doesn't sound like a like a nice Jesus. He, he brought, a, he brought a, a sword. He didn't bring peace and love and ooey gooey stuff. And, and, and God loves the homo. And God loves the lesbian. And God loves the trans. And, and that's a big, again, the culture is going crazy. Anytime you speak against the, the alphabet people, anytime you speak, I mean, Dave Chappelle, the comedian, again, I don't ascribe to any of those comedians. That, to me, they're not funny. All the profanity, I don't think profanity is funny. I don't, there's a lot of things I don't think is funny. However, but this is what moves the culture, is comedy, music, pop music. Okay, that's what moves the culture. And when you start looking at uh, Dave Chappelle and how he went against and he's made some jokes, jokes about the protected class of new people, you know, the LGBT, all the alphabets, the trends, the, I mean, all the genders, the, I think they're up to 58 new genders. Okay, now I'm, I'm, I'll close up with, with some statements on that in a little bit because it's important. It's important to know that your children, the ones that go to college, they're being watered down. If you got sons and daughters that go to college, if you are standing in college institutes and they are preaching the dumbing down of what God created, the man and the woman, and they're giving you all these genders and they're teaching you all this, they're teaching you all these fallacies, then then you need you need to stand strong in the word of God and be sanctified. That when you start teaching those things, you start saying, "No, no, that's not that's not true." There's only man and woman. Everything else is made up. Especially by the Democrats, especially by the far left. They want to destroy the family unit. They want to destroy a father. They want to destroy a mother. They want to destroy family units as we know them, as God as God built them. So when you start seeing scriptures like that, I didn't come to bring peace. I came to bring a sword. In other words, I came to cut. I came to cause you to make a decision. I came you to cause. I came here to cause you to choose me. I I I I brought a decision-making device with me, which is a sword. And if you're not willing to pick up the cross daily, and I know people don't like to do that. They don't like to take up the cross and follow him. You're not worthy of me. Man, this is this is heavy-duty stuff. Jesus was dropping all kinds of truth bombs on him. You're not worthy. Look, if 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 you love your parents more than you love God, if you love uh, you, uh, you're not worthy. Man, he uses that worth word, you know, that self-esteem word. He uses that one, you know, the the one that, that crushes people now. I love what Hebrews 4, 11 to 13 says. Let us therefore be diligent. Again, because we're talking about the sword. We're talking about what truth does. 
We're talking about we're talking about being sanctified in the truth. That when you're sanctified in the truth, you you cut. You're not afraid of cutting because you've been cut yourself. You know what it's like to stand in truth because all the lies are cut away. All the fallacies are cut away. All the personal whims are cut away. All the I don't feel like it cut away. See, listen, as an athlete, training athletes, you can't you can't you can't coach and train an athlete if you live in their feelings. 50% of the time the talented the talented people don't like to work. You got to make them work. And they come in, they give you that look and they give you that tired look and they give you that I don't want to be here look and they give you all those looks of emotions and passions and 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 you know they, they stayed up late because they couldn't sleep or they were out with their girlfriend they, they, they give you all these excuses those are all feelings if you're coaching people you can't coach them based on how they feel you coach them based upon what they really want in life if you want truth then you're gonna have to deny yourself See, the job of a coach, the definition is given by the late, great uh, John Wooden from UCLA. He said this, my job as a coach is not to, is to give you, is to make you do what you do not want to do so you can have what you really want to have. If you want truth in your life, if you want to follow Jesus correctly, if you want to see him correctly and worship the correct Jesus, and I said that correctly, I said that correctly. The right Jesus, the biblical Jesus, the prophetic Jesus, the one that's coming again, the living Jesus. If you want that, then it, you're going to have to make some changes of consecration, sanctification, so you can stand in the truth and walk in truth. Watch this. Let us therefore be diligent to enter into the rest, lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of the soul and the spirit and the joints and marrow, and is the discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are made naked and open in his eyes of him to whom we must give account. You know, we're going to give account to Jesus. There's nothing, there's nothing that is hid from him. Why? He's truth. There's nothing hid from truth. Truth sees it all. And so when the scripture says, I come to bring a sword, and then you come to Matt, you come to Hebrews 4, 11 through 13, I love, I, I love it because he says, the word of God is like a two-edged sword. It cuts both ways. Tomorteros is the Greek word. It means to, to stroke. It means to make a clean cut. It means to cut down and cut away. See, the word decision. Decision. D means away. Decision means to cut. So when you make a decision to follow Jesus, you cut away everything else. So when you decide to get married, you cut away all the other males. If you're a female, you cut away all the males are now gone from your life. You don't have other boyfriends and other girl. You know you don't have. You make a decision to marry this person, this man. You marry this woman. You marry. You cut away all other. You decided on this. You cut away everything else. That's D, meaning away. Scission, cut. 
So the word of God will teach you how to cut correctly. See, when you decide something, you cut things out. You cut things off. Tomoteros. To cut with a single stroke. That's what that means. The root word for, for Tomoteros comes from the word kapto, which means to chop. In other words, you see something, you chop it off. You get rid of it. You cut it off. And this is the, the language of, of the great church leaders like Peter. When he preaches in Acts uh, 2, 40-42. You know, the great outpouring of the Spirit. And we love this. And I think it's so amazing to do this. To remember have, and even call ourselves Pentecost. But we're not Pentecost if we don't do what he says here. Genesis, Acts chapter 2, 40 through 42 says this. And with many other words, he testified, exhorted him saying, be saved from this perverse generation. Be saved. The Greek word there is sozo, which means to be delivered from. In other words, to be protected from something is safe. When you feel safe about something. In other words, if you don't get away from this generation, you're, it, it's going to be of no effect to you. You won't be safe. You're going to perish like everybody else if you don't if you don't get out of this perverse, this scoliosis, this uh, that word crooked. You know, when somebody has scoliosis of the spine, that means their spine is crooked. It says, there's a generation that we're living in right now that's crooked. I'm telling you right now, there is a generation that we are living in right now. This 21st generation here in America is crooked. You know, they got this, they got this, um, this crooked idea of of gender binary meaning i'm i'm not i'm not a male or a female because binary means two i'm not one of the two i'm my own i'll i'll make a decision later no 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 that's not how it works but they're pushing this because they're saying that your gender is is not based on your body it's not based on your on on, on what god gave you it's based on how you feel and how you think and 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 therefore you become God. You become sovereign over your gender. You become sovereign. Because you it's how you think. It's how you feel. They call it the gender gap between the mind and the body. It's not the body, right? It's not what God, it's not the man and the woman that God created in the garden. Many church people are believing all this philosophical garbage. Scoliosis is what the scolio generation is teaching. The twisted generation is teaching. But see, when you want truth, you got to go right back to the Bible. See, they want to get you out of the Bible. They want to get you out of the truths of the Bible. They love to twist the Bible. Here's, here's, a, here's a major twist. Okay? Because I'm going to read Romans chapter 1 to you, and then we'll close out. But listen to this. Okay? This is, this is from... Um, this is from Dr. J. Michelson, who taught at the, bio, the Boston University Law School. Listen, and Harvard Divinity School. You notice how they get all the doctors and they start twisting them? They need doctors to twist it. They need doctors. So you go to, you go to college to learn from these great men that you think you learn from these great... I went to Harvard. I went to Princeton. I went to, I went to um, Boston University. I went to Duke University. And, and, this, and listen to your teachers. Listen to the twisted philosophical creatures that are that are trying to put poison out here. Listen to this. Okay? He says, 
um, he goes, Dr. Jo Dr. J. Michelson, who has taught at both Boston University Law School and Harvard Divinity School. Notice they're lawmakers. Notice they're, 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 they're people that, that, that shape the culture. You notice that? And Harvard Divinity School echoes the position of Justin Lee in his important book, God versus Gay, the religious case for equality. Yeah, equality. Yeah, always. Again, these are buzzwords. After adapting biblical language from Genesis chapter 2 to argue that it's not good for a person to be alone. Do you see how they steal it? You see how he twists it? It's not good. Do you hear the hiss of the serpent? God didn't say. God don't want you to be like him. That's the hiss of the serpent. Do you see it here? So they use if a person is going through some type of confusion in their minds and or in their bodies about about their gender. Guess what? They, guess what? It's not good for you to be alone. So what do you want? What do you want? That's not what the Bible teaches. What do you want? It's what you are. Watch this. Michelson quotes words of Jesus himself saying, calling us to love your neighbor as you love yourself. Okay. And then this is what they say. Again, That's this, these are the great teachers. It, uh, don't sound too profound to me. It sounds kind of ignorant. It's not good for man to be alone. That's why God made woman. I mean, just, we need to, again, these are, this is when you go to these institutions, this is the garbage you're getting. These are the ones that are in your Lutheran church. These are the ones that are, are in the mega churches, in the major churches. The Methodists, the Lutherans, the the Presbyterians that have large kind of what, and they, and, and you see the mess they're making. This is why they're learning from these guys. They're teaching this stuff. Watch it. Basing this argument on Jesus' teaching, Michelson writes. One New Testament scholar has written that any interpretation of Scripture that hurts people, oppresses people, or destroys people cannot be right interpretation no matter how traditional his historical or exegetical respectable uh, or exegetically respectable it is this is a crucial point if we approach this question of homosexuality as a legal academic or hermeneutical enterprise we will get nowhere religious in other words you have to turn your back on being a preacher of the gospel a trained interpreter of scripture a trained preacher of truth in order to make this happen and we've seen this all over the place you've seen this in hillsong you've seen you've seen this in in all kinds of other movements where you know they're they're just okay yeah you know it's not good love is love is everything and no love is not everything the law of God expresses the love of God for humanity. Okay? Again, you have to turn your back on being a truth teller so that you can do this. Because it, if, it, if it makes people feel bad, if it makes them, you know, question themselves, if it makes them wrestle inside with the truth, if it, if it, if it opens their eyes to things, it, it's wrong. If, if it makes them mad, it's wrong. If it, if, because it's oppressive. That's not nice. There it is, right there, coming from your Harvards, your Boston Universities, your, your Princetons. You have to turn your back on theological truths, hermeneutical truths, historical ways of interpreting, the way that Jesus interprets Scripture, you, the way He interprets Scripture, you got to turn your back on that. Isn't that amazing? All to make them happy. Watch this. Romans 1, 18-31. Again, 
Because when you start looking at walking in truth, being sanctified by truth, you're going to have to go against the information of this world. Okay? The information of this world. Did you did you see Biden's um, uh, Dr. Rachel, Rachel Levin, the first transgender woman? <laughs> Come on. Trans, transing from what? This is the stupidity. Look, look at doctor. This is the stupidity. This is the, the ignorance you have to walk in to call that even a woman. This is terrible. But the church goes, yeah, I guess, because that's how they feel. Watch this. <laughs> She's the first uh, lieutenant in the military. Uh, it's just garbage. Because they want to sell their idea. They have to sell their idea. They force it on you by law. And if you say anything about it, oh, you're bad, you're evil, you're mean. No, we're sanctified and we walk in truth. They want, they lie to you. This is a man, this is a woman. No, it's not. It's a confused man. It's a reprobate. Romans 1, 18 through 31. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. They're suppressing the truth. This is the man they're suppressing. They're putting lipstick on a guy and a wig on a guy and they're, they're hiding the truth in there. No, it's a woman. No, it's a man. No, no, no. Just put the wig on the lipstick. Talk, try to talk like a woman. This is ridiculous. And, the, and everybody goes, yeah, it's a woman because you got to... No, you don't have to respect stupidity. You don't have to respect lies because... What listen because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power of the Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Listen, you live your life, you preach the gospel. Don't listen, they're, they're without excuse. This confused generation, they're without excuse. They got creation, they got, they got. All the God has done for them, it's all in front of them. All that's in their hearts, the truth is already in them. God says, hey, they know the truth. They're just suppressing it. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify Him as God, nor were they thankful, but became futile in their minds. The word futile means empty, foolish. They become foolish in their, in their minds. They're dialogos. In other words, their conversation, the way they think, how they commune with each other became foolish. And their foolish hearts were dark and professionally to be wise. They become fools. How foolish do we look? What a silly people this, um, this, uh, this government has become. What silly people the church has become following the, the trends of the culture. How silly have we looked? They become fools and change the glory of the incorruptible, incorruptible God into an image of made in the likeness of a corruptible man and birds and the four-footed animals and the creeping things. Watch this. Therefore God also gave them up to uncleanliness, to the lust. Again, lust, lust, that's emotion. That's emotion. Those are passions of their hearts to dishonor their body. Listen to these words. To dishonor their bodies. Again, dishonor. Some people say, well, God's not, you, yeah, you, God loves everybody. No, no, listen to the language of the Bible. This is the truth. This is how you separate yourself. This is how you sanctify it in it. It's how you get out of the muck and the mire. You stay in God's word. 
to dishonor their bodies among themselves, who exchange the truth of God for a lie. They exchange the truth. Whenever you doubt, look at your body. Look at your body. Your body's a man. Your body's a woman. Very easy. They're very distinct. You can find that out very quickly. What you are. Not what you feel like. Not what you think you are. But what you physically are. That's why you can go out in creation and look at the beautiful mountains and say, man, that, that's beautiful. Well, as soon as you do, as soon as you comment on the beauty of nature, you're commenting on the creation of God. So when you comment on your body, you are commenting on the creation of God. I'm a man. You're a woman. Men have things, women don't. Vice versa. But they exchange it for a lie and worship and serve the creature and the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, God gave them up to vile passions again. So here you have, here you have God given up to the futile thinking, vile passions for even their woman exchanged their natural use for what is against nature. Again, they went against the total plan and the nature of God. Likewise, also men, leaving the natural use of a woman, burned in their burned in their lust for one another, men and women committing what is shameful. So now again, you have you have some very bad adjectives, vile passions, shameful, unnatural, leaving, exchanging. You have these very big words that jump out at you. They let they let you know, no, it's wrong. And even if they, and even as they did not retain God, in other words, they didn't echo the truths of God from generation to generation. They didn't echo the truth of God. They didn't echo the word of God. They didn't echo it. God gave them over to a debased mind, to those things which are not fitting, being filled with unrighteousness, sexual, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness. There are... They are whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud boasters, inventors of evil, disobedient to their parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful, who knowing the righteous, the righteous judgment of God and those who practice such things are deserving death. Wow, Paul, Paul's just going completely off. He says, oh, because he's giving them the truth. Do not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. Again, you want to stand in truth? It's the information war. You have to have the right information. When they start saying this is normal, no, it's not normal. Nope. God made man for woman. Nope. There's only two genders. Nope. That's not a man. That's not a woman. Or and that's not a man. All this all this this confusion, yes, there's sin involved in it. Yes, there's all kinds of things. Yes. But when you stand in the truth of God's word, you are sanctified. That means you're set apart. Get out of the crowd. The information war, the truth of God will set you apart. In Jesus' name. God bless you. Have courage today. Stand strong. The word of God is true. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye.